Times Like Now is an interview program. Interviews with interesting people who are doing cool stuff. And my name is Trevor Collins. You can find past episodes of Times Like Now wherever you get your podcasts. My guest today is Liv Warfield. Liv began her musical career in Portland, Oregon, singing karaoke. She started a band, did some recordings, and one of those recordings wound up in the hands of none other than Prince. A short time later, she began singing and touring and recording with Prince and the New Power Generation. Interview with Liv Warfield on this episode of Times Like Now. Hello, Liv. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You Absolutely. You are a busy lady. You are all over the place. <laughs> you're right now you're in Chicago on a Teatro Ziazzini. Um Did I pronounce that right? Um close, but uh, it's uh Teatro Zanzani and it is like love chaos comedy and dinner and not just that it's in a over a hundred year old circus tent um there are aerial artists vocalists performers it's pretty out of control um so i tell people don't expect anything just come to the show because it's it's insane it's probably something you've never really experienced it's pretty awesome sounds a bit like um oh the the circus uh, event um, in Vegas that they do the the Cirque du Soleil thing. Cirque du Soleil yeah kind of it has maybe a, it has some elements of that but I think this is this is obviously for us it's a very intimate setting so it's like these amazing performers and circus performers and athletes and aerial artists they're like literally ten feet from you <laughs> so it's very up close and personal and pretty cool. In a hundred-year-old circus tent with dinner. Yeah, dinner, chaos, comedy, the cast and crew, even the servers are part of this whole um, art, basically, I call it, and theatrics. It's it's pretty pretty cool. It's a great experience. Very exciting. Yeah. So for those who do not know, I'm going to jump back, go way back into the beginnings of your musical journey. And how you wound up behind Prince on stage uh, as part of New Power Generation. Originally out of Peoria, Illinois, and you were on your way in the sports world in track and field. And you were on your way to the Olympics yeah. through, Port through Portland, Oregon. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the goal. So. And you had a you what you had a, a scholarship or something to come out to Oregon, yeah, and run the track out there. And while there, you began singing karaoke. Yes, uh huh. Where did you sing karaoke at? I know Portland, and where did you sing at back in those days? And what what years were that? Oh, whoa. Okay, so um, I want to say two thousand two thousand one, um, the ambassador. And before the ambassador, forgive me, there was one more place that I went to constantly. It's right off of Burnside. Um, chopsticks. Not Chopsticks. Not um, Chopsticks. Okay, mm -mm. I went there. It's across the street from Doug Fur. Okay. Um, I can't think of that one either. But, but that was I what, know the place. That was the first place I would constantly go. Um, 
I tell people because I, I, you know, I grew up in the church, never sang in the church, but I was just really sheltered um, for good reason. And when I finally, one of my teammates was like, well, you know, you can go to this bar and you can go sing if you really want to sing all that bad. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> There's a bar you can actually go to and pick songs and sing. And, and that's how it all, that's how it all started. Like I got the taste for that and it was over. So you started a, a band with some of the locals in Portland. What was the name of that band? It was Money and Lovin'. Money yes. and Lovin'. Yes, yes. A romantic. Yes, it was It was dope. It was like a hip-hop project, hip-hop and soul. And I just wanted to be a part of anything, like live music, anything, live instrumentation. Um, yeah, I just wanted to be a part of it. So you started playing around town, started getting some shows, and then somehow PDX Pop Now in 2008, mm -hmm. your band did a Stones cover? Yes. Uh-huh. Gimme Shelter. That was the Gimme Shelter tape. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And how did that wind up in Prince's hands? Um, at the time, Prince was looking for um, another background vocalist. One of the vocalists was leaving, and her name is Marva King. Uh, bless her for that opportunity. I met her randomly in Atlanta. I was doing a gig for for one of my albums, the Embrace Me album that came out in 2006. Anyway, I think it was around the time where I was like, okay, I'm finished. This is probably like the last show I'm going to do because this independent thing is just way too hard. Um especially if you're not having the right backing that you needed. Anyway, so I saw this lady. She just looked like like beyond an artist. I don't know. She just had this thing about her. Anyway, she sat in the <laughs> van next to me, and her name was Marva, and I ended up getting a call from her like three or three weeks later after I did the gig, and she's just like, well, um, Prince is interested in looking for another background singer. Do you have any video you can send? I was like, first off, I'm not sending any video. Second off, I'm not the person for that job because <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't keep up and do anything like that. So I didn't think that they were sending anything. And so they end up finding a video that I have, which was the Gimme Shelter video, and they sent it to him anyway. And then I got a call back from her three months later and she's just like, Prince wants to talk to you. And I'm like, wait, what? You guys sent the video? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is like beyond what I could even imagine. And uh, I remember I was in Arkansas doing a gig and I was getting a full weave done. I was in the beauty salon chair. She was doing my hair and they were like, you're going to get a call from an unknown number. And I'm thinking like, wait, what? And it was him. We had a conversation. He said, I love your voice. Um, do you want to go somewhere warm? I'm thinking like, wait, what? He's like, we can go to Atlanta, not Atlanta, LA. And uh, I just, can just sing with us and I was like well okay and then after that I went to Paisley Park and I got auditioned uh whatever you would ca call that an audition <laughs> and the rest is crazy craziness the experience in Los Angeles when you the first time did you was that a rehearsal was that an audition or did you just step out onto a stage and and back him up well, the first time the L.A. situation didn't happen, I met him first at Paisley Park. I, I like, uh, okay. so we, I couldn't do the L.A. thing, and, but I met him at Paisley Park, which was perfect. Um, 
I waited all day at the hotel and like she said, just wait to get the call. I got the call and he just was the first person at the door. Like you, you would think like you would have like security and like all these kind of people greeting at the door. No, it was him. Um, he asked me if I was hungry. I was like, no. Did he make pancakes? No, he didn't make <laughs> No, I, I, he knew I was nervous as all get out though. Um, he was like, relax. Let's just talk. You know, let's just have a conversation. And he wanted to know who I was, you know, just he just really wanted to know who I was. And then after that, we sang in front of a piano and it was Shelby. I saw Shelby. I met Shelby first. And then Marva was there. Um, And he just the first actually first thing was I went into the studio. You talk about like nervousness. It was like. I sang on a, in, in the studio first. It wasn't like we were sat behind the keys first. We sat in a studio room. <laughs> and I started singing and he was smiling. And um, yeah, I was, I was starstruck for a minute. I had to pull myself together because I was like, God, how did you put me here in this position? You know, I tell people your mind and what you believe, but you want so bad in your heart, right? Those things really can manifest even when you're not thinking about it. And I couldn't believe I was there at Paisley. And he was just loving as can be. Very. And after that, I think I did the L.A. show. And that was my first show. And it took, trust me, it took a minute for him to trust that I could do the gig. Because I would be crazy to, like, not really give give it a full try. You know, I never sang backgrounds with any other girls who are super, super professional like Shelby and Marva. Um, yeah, it was just, everything went really fast, <laughs> but I was determined and he saw that in me. He saw it. Yeah. The, the first time on stage backing him up, I mean, in rehearsals, maybe even were, were you helped by Marla and I mean, did, and Shelby, did they say, okay, here's how we do this. Or were you just thrown into the, into the den? Uh, both. <laughs> Um, both, um, you gotta be able to keep up. That's one thing with Prince. And I had to realize that quick. The first time in LA, when I sang with them before we were getting ready to rehearse the three shows that he did at the Nokia theater, it was my first big shows. Um, I think we were singing the Sly and the Family Stone song. And I tell everybody this, um, he asked me to sing and Marva was like, girl, you better sing out. Like (laughs) stop playing around. Like he could get somebody else. And, you know, he kind of walked away, kind of like, this girl ain't got it. And then I, you know, I really belted it out then. And then he turned around with this George Jefferson walk back and he had a smile on his face. Like, okay, like, there she is. <laughs> like, okay, I don't have to bring anybody. I don't have to hire anybody else. Like, you got it. Like, and then I think it was him saying, like, look, I see something you, but I'm not going to sit here and, like, push you. Like, keep telling you, you got it, you know? Um so it took it took a minute. It wasn't anything that it I had like overnight. Like I had to learn how to how to sing and how to perform and how to listen to cues and more so listen to music, listen to the musicality of everything going on. And then just learning how to be an artist in his world, right? Because his world is his world. <laughs> um not everybody can handle that. And um I just was an open book, so I wanted to absorb everything. And that first show, yeah, was you went from crazy. you went from Portland, Oregon, to the top of the mountain overnight. I mean, that's a 
a shock. I'm sure it was. I can imagine. Yeah, it was. But but then again, like I said, I was kind of like Spike Lee movie, you know, like how it's just the rolling scene and I'm just looking at everything. <laughs> just like, oh, my God, what is going on? You know, and it's exciting. It was so exciting. So exciting. And how many years did you tour with New Power Generation? Six. Six years, six or seven years. Did you do recording studio stuff as Ab well? Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. What albums, for everybody to know, what albums were you on? Lotus Flower. Um, let's see. Welcome to America, album that just came out. Uh, hit Excellent. And, That's incredible. Run. There's a lot of stuff. It's a decent amount of stuff, basically. Yeah. Now he's gone on to, or had gone on to produce an album for you. What album was that? Uh, this was unexpected. He, I, I say this with the most, utmost respect, is that he executive produced it, which he allowed me and my band to produce the record on our own. Um, he definitely wanted to see what I could do because I challenged him all the time and he challenged me all the time. Like, okay, I had, to, I had to really prove myself to him, um, in a way to where he would want to like help me with this record, you know, um, before why do you lie came out? He was just like, what do you, what songs do you have? And I was like, I got a lot of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, he was like, okay, well, whatever. And then I put out Why Do You Lie on my own first. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so what do you want to do? You got more songs like that? I was like, I sure do. And um, he asked me also if I wanted to record the album at Paisley Park or in Portland. So I chose Portland just because I think he knew that's where the magic was for me. Um, and he knew, he trusted me, you know, and I definitely called him back and forth. I'd send him stuff back and forth and he would give me ideas of what do you think I should do and stuff like that. I, I think he really knew that I wanted to do this on my own. Because um, I also just, I wanted to prove to myself, you know, what I could possibly do. And he, he was there every step of the way, every step, every step. That's a amazing journey and story to have that kind of relationship absolutely with that kind of person yes. and that kind of professional performer if you are just tuning in i'm speaking with liv warfield about her time as a backup singer and recording artist with prince as well as her solo musical career on times like now now i saw that performance you did um on fallon why did you or why do you lie what year was that that it was the first time I think that was the first time I ever saw you on stage. Um, that was 2014. That was 2014. Yeah. Yeah. That was an incredible performance. Thank you. You are you are an amazing amazing singer. I saw such I don't want to say influence from Prince, but certainly his professionalism and maybe something of his aura <laughs> oh, rubbed wow. off on you and your and your ability to to just project greatness uh, you're you're you ruled that stage blessings yeah we we had a lot of rehearsal 
<laughs> he was there helping us with our rehearsal and I, really he was there for rehearsal oh yeah yeah we rehearsed a lot at paisley paisley park uh the npg horns and us and we really worked on that show um which i'm grateful for because i again you, you're around him that long you better learn to pick something up you know what i mean you you better learn performance uh, something <laughs> and i'm telling you i was studying <laughs> i was studying hard the song mantra tell me about this song i saw this video and it's pretty dynamic mm, thank you there's a fellow playing guitar that seems to be a bit inspired by prince as well mm. um my brother ryan waters um really yeah yeah um Ryan, I owe a lot to. Ryan wrote uh, Blackbird on the last album, Unexpected. Um, yeah, Ryan's pretty amazing. Anyway, we wrote Mantra maybe, when did we write that? 2015, 2016, I believe. Um, it took me a while to really finish that because I was really going through a really hard time figuring out who I was as an artist, then, you know, as artists, we, we love to evolve and change. And I just wanted to keep evolving, but my mind was in a lot of different places. And by the time I finished it, Prince had passed and it was just a lot going on. And, uh, I wrote it to constantly remind myself like, okay, you could choose this path or you could choose that path, but regardless of what's going on, you still will see the light of day. Like you have to know that. Um, everybody's path is different, but you have to know and wake up that it's, it's going to be different. Um, so definitely that's, I wrote mantra for that, for that reason. Impressive. That's, uh, I was really fond of that song. I was watching a bunch of videos and also came across your performance of, uh, never take the place of your man. Oh yeah. And something more recent the Allison Chains tribute mm. that you were a part of in Seattle yes 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 how did you get into that show um how did that whole thing there's a lot of relationships that developed um first off I I, I started a band with Nancy Wilson of Heart in 2015 so with that relationship and that was stupid incredible um, I cultivated relationships with Susan Silver, um, who I believe manages Allison Chains and stuff. And she had seen me do some work with Nancy. And then they asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. But Allison Chains is they're so incredible that, you know, I'm trying to figure out how I can bring myself to the song. Um, just bring me to it and, and respect the fans as well. Because, you know, people are used to different people singing and they'll look at me like, okay, wait, what? <laughs> um, so I just, I really wanted to have fun with it. And the band was incredible. And so it just was really, it was really inspiring to be a part of it. And Alice and James, they loved it as long as they loved it. I loved it too. So that was dope. It was really dope. Yeah. And tell me more about Nancy Wilson and the band. Um, tell me the name. Uh, Roadcase Royale. Roadcase Royale. Did you do shows or did you do recording or both? Yeah, yeah, we recorded an album, and then um, we did we did some shows. We toured uh, with that band for a minute, and we opened up for Bob Seger every once in a while. I think for a short stint, 
but that was a really great project. Like Nancy and I um, wrote some really cool songs and the band, Dan, um, Ben and Chris and Ryan, um, it was really a great project. Um, and I hope we visit it again at some point, but it was really fun. Yeah, I was watching some performances of that as well. And it seems like you guys get along very well yes, and really uh -huh. uh, seem to gel on stage pretty well as also. Where would people find you online and maybe some more information about the the um, Teatro, forgive my yeah, no, pronouncement, okay. uh, Teatro, the Teatro program. Uh, is that going to be traveling or is that solely in Chicago? No, it's only in Chicago. The The tent is on t on like the 13th, 14th floor at the top of a hotel. Um, so it's not going anywhere. It's at the Cambria okay. Hotel. Um, the show changes, uh, I think every six months, four or six months. So the cast changes and it's always new. So it's always going to be here. So I'll be there till January 9th. And um, yeah, so yep, I'll be doing that for a while. And then people can find me on Instagram. It's my name, uh, Liv Warfield on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those social needs <laughs> information. What are you working on? Uh, I mean, are you doing any recording right now besides what you're doing with the, the teatro? Are you doing any performances uh, of your albums or working on new material now yeah i just released an album with um a parisian producer called uh it's a project called june moon we just released it in august it's a pretty amazing album i, I really really love it um, what was so that name again it's called june moon j-o-o-n-m-o-o-n okay. and okay. um that's a pretty a pretty incredible project like i really really dig it a lot and then um, I'm releasing an album next year, so I've been I've been busy, <laughs> but for 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 good reason, and I'm thankful because um, we all know what we've been going through, and so I just had to really um, be gracious and thank God that I'm I'm able to take that energy and put it into a creative space. You know, this this is my my DNA. This is how I live. This is how I breathe is through music. So I'm thankful I'm able to put that energy in this, these kind of spaces, you know? Yeah. The last year and a half or so has been obviously very challenging and a lot of people have come up with new hobbies and, yes. and maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe you, uh, uh, making a new album. That's how people deal with things is express. Are you recording in Portland? No, no, no. Um, I've been recording a lot in Chicago and in Dallas and different places. So I've just been trying to um, figure out what that voice is. I kind of take my time. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh, when is the album coming out? It's coming. I just want to make sure that my message is clear and my third eye is open and, you know, I have the right things to say at the right time. Um, so, yeah, this next project is... I'm very good. I'm going to be very proud of it. I'm excited about it. Very excited. I have a couple questions about Paisley Park itself. Sure. Tell me a little bit about the insides of that place. <laughs> I mean, is, is this is like something like Willy Wonka's, you know, uh, factory or something is what I've always imagined it. Something similar. Um, What's some of your take away from that place? It's definitely not Willy Wonka. It's... 
it's a world of its own. It's a safe haven. It's a safe space. It's like my home. Um, it's the most beautiful creation of safety of any musician that could, that you could even step in this world. Like he honors pretty much every musician he's worked with. There's clouds, there's, I don't know. It's just this euphoria of like creation of whatever you want. You feel it when you walk through the doors. Um, it's colorful, it's rainbows, it's flowers, it's, it's, it's everything. Um, it's honestly, it's just a creative space and you have to go in there and yourself to visit because people always want to know um, what it's like, but I don't know. It, Paisley's different. It's hard for me to describe because it's, it means different things for everybody. So for me, it's just a safe space, to like really like let go. And, you know, it's different because he's not here. Um, but the energy is still very much there. You could see the creation, you could see his outfits, you could just kind of sort of see where his mind was like he could do anything in any anything in any capacity that he wanted to do there you know I think he wanted that for every artist so you go there and you just you feel it when you walk in the doors trust me I read recently that um, the guitar maker that made over 30 guitars including the cymbal guitar for Prince is here in Bellingham Washington where mm. I am mm, okay and I unfortunately do not know the fellow's name. Name. Uh huh. Actually, it's a, I did find it. Uh, uh, Andy Beach. Uh huh. Is his name, and uh, I thought that was an interesting article that I read. That all those amazing guitars, most of them, were made here in the Pacific Northwest. Yes, that's amazing. That's great. And I also saw that the fellow that cracked the safe in the uh, in Prince's vault, also from the Pacific Northwest here, that got access into there. Oh, wow. Well, I sure do appreciate your time. Thank you. And thank you so much. Now, we have a, a similar friend in Michael Baker. Mm -hmm. Did you yes. ever do any performing with Michael? Michael! Oh, my God. If... <laughs> If it was, it was so long ago, and I love Michael's spirit. Like, <laughs> I really absolutely love him. It's been, like, years, I'm telling you, years since we've, like, seen each other and done stuff. Oh, I love did him. Did you guys, perf did you two perform together or record or sing together? I don't know if we've ever had the chance to do that. And if we have, <laughs> I'm sorry, baby, I can't really remember, but I... I know that I did some work with him before, like video or just something like that. Right. Yeah. He's lovely. Very lovely. Well, we will all be looking for you on Facebook and Instagram as well as all Thank over the you. YouTubes and uh, following your career <laughs> as, uh, as you go forward. Thank you so much, Liv Warfield, being a guest today. I really Thank appreciate you. your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the program today. Past episodes of Times Like Now can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Anthony Karras 
for audio technical support today, as well as the letter J, Cody Robertson, for original theme music. My name is Trevor Collins. I can be reached trevor at timeslikenow.com. Thank you once again for listening, and I look forward to speaking with you all next time.